Welcome to the Land Department Podcast. The state of land and energy as we see it. Guys, it's only fitting that we do we record this first uh, deadly cocktail hour after the college football season. Uh, I know we have oh, a great man. weekend. What a great kickoff to it, right? Don't you agree, Brent? Hey, man. Listen, <laughs> I've got interference here. Okay. It's, uh, I'm going to have to leave you guys. It's, I'm still a little sensitive about it. Are you still excited about, about Kelly being over there? Or are, you, my are guy. you regretting it? I'm rolling with my guy. Okay. Rolling with your guy. If we're going to lose, we're going to lose with old BK. And he looks terrible in purple, but that's all right. He's my guy. <laughs> He does look bad. He does look bad he in purple. Does. It's terrible. We need a special teams guy. So if anybody knows someone, they got to be better than what we have. In my way. I'm about to go down here to Katie High School and recruit their special teams guy. You probably could. Man. Man, see, I'm going to start drinking in this happy hour until, you know, maybe like after the intro, but dang it. Yeah, we're talking about football. <laughs> So we got Brent for listeners. Brent, LSU guy. If you didn't, if you didn't know his last name, now now it's Broussard. It makes more sense. I got but the uh, <laughs> Steve, Penn State, big fourth quarter comeback win against the powerhouse of Purdue, <laughs> the Boilermakers. No, that's and then we got Brandon, Arkansas. Who did you guys? You guys had a top twenty-five play. Oh, whoop pig. Uh yeah, Cincinnati. Wow, wow. I knew this, but they were in the they were in the playoffs last year. Unlike Arkansas, they were in the playoffs last year. <laughs> a blonde suey pig finds a paper. Whoa, Khalil. Whoa. <laughs> and then I, I've got the Sooners. Uh, OU, of course, and we played UTEP. So oh. if we didn't win, something was going to be wrong. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we we lost our 170. <laughs> something's wrong. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't reach that, but. We'll see. I think we have probably the easiest schedule of one of the big schools. So yeah, I think uh, we're all excited when you join the SEC. It should be pretty interesting. Oh God, we're gonna be. We we'll we'll probably lose to Arkansas every year. For at least Brand five years. Yeah, I hope so. Five years, then you then you'll catch up. You'll be like then we'll catch up. Then we'll catch up. Uh, I'm in Oklahoma City, so I'm I am so ready for OU and Arkansas. Oh, playing. it's gonna be great. And you know what's great about it is. If if we lose to OU, I'm just the, I'm the only Arkansas fan, so doesn't really matter. If we beat <laughs> OU, I get to give hundreds of people. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> so I'm in a great spot here. We're gonna have it. to keep Brandon out of the uh, HubSpot login for our CRM. He might be sending trash talking to the whole client base. Yeah, he probably will. He probably will. There's no doubt. Well, I'm excited to have There's everybody no together. You know, we've done Deadly Roundtable for about a year, and you know, we're starting off this podcast uh, with the replacement of it, and we're introducing drinks to it for cocktail hour. So hopefully, get a little more interesting conversation, maybe more slurring. Who knows? Um, but yeah, we want to be talking about the state of land and do it in a fun way as well. So going to be covering quite a bit of different topics today, everything from just general oil and gas to renewables and even right of way. But I'm going to let you guys do a lot of the talking. Um, first thing I want to just catch up on is recent activity. Um, what are you guys seeing out there in, in the oil and gas uh, arena? Uh, you want me? I'll kick it off down here. I mean, it's... Um like everybody continued growth. I mean, it's nothing crazy. There's a lot of optimism in the business. Um, we're adding people and projects. 
slowly but surely. Uh, the summer was pretty slow on due diligence activity, but we've seen some of that pick up the last month or so, which is good. Uh, we're starting to dive into some of the post-merger type projects uh, that have become some of the big Permian mergers. We're starting to do some deduct analysis, some uh, deduction type work, land administration, corporate land development type stuff, which is, is good. We did a lot of that at the beginning of the year, spinning off of some of the mergers from last year. So kind of jumping right into that. Um, natural gas, like, like everybody, it's a big deal. Um, we're starting to see some of that activity picked up in, in past episodes. We talked about God, when is it going to happen? You know, waiting on that thing to happen. And we're starting to see some of that. So it's good to see places like East Texas, parts of North Louisiana, kind of some of the fringy things pick up, uh, some of the central East Texas projects are starting to kick off and they're all gas related. So that's good. Um, so we're in a big gear up down here, you know, to, to kind of staff these projects and get geared up for some acquisition type jobs and some leasing type work. So that's exciting time. I mean, that's what a field landman loves, right? Is anytime you can go bird dogs and leases, that's kind of where we shine. And, and that's the exciting work. So um, our guys are real pumped about that. We're really working on staffing, working on bringing in the right people. Uh, but, you know, that's, that's the name of the game right now is, bringing in good folks, staffing up some of the projects in East Texas and North Louisiana again, and uh, and then just plugging right along on all our Permian Basin and Eagle for work and, and things like that. Yeah, it kind of has the feeling of um, the more consistent, better feeling uh, that we had in 2015. Well, if <laughs> might say the little brother of 2015, you know, or like the first three quarters of the year were really, really, I mean, back in then it was really slow. Um, we weren't that slow the first three quarters, but you're seeing a good finish to 2022. And uh, we kind of expected that to happen, especially people have to get optimism is one thing, but actually pull the trigger on some things is a completely different story. We're starting to see people pull the trigger on some projects and, and kind of bite off a little bit more. So, like I said, that's the exciting times. We uh, we love that. We love helping our clients, and it's just I'm hoping it lasts more than just a quarter. <laughs> we'll see. Aren't we all? <laughs> yeah, up here it's been interesting seeing people actually going back into those outlying areas that haven't been touched in a few years. So. We're, we're having calls and meetings with some folks who are branching out to different parts of Ohio. Um, some of the non-traditional aspects of Pennsylvania. So it's it's good to get those those calls and that interest in the outlying areas where there hasn't been that in five, six years. Yeah, it's it's uh, with all the pickup and activity, it's it's been a little bit harder on the workforce side. Uh, Brent, we were talking about resource availability just being really challenging for most people in the land industry now. How are how are you seeing things going to be play out in the next several months uh, with this? What's what's going to be changing on the workforce side? Competition. It's going to be very competitive for, for good land yeah. men. I mean, we have weekly meetings and our staff meetings uh, about don't you dare let anybody go without a day of work. You know, there's plenty of opportunity. You can't afford to, to have someone, you know, be in between jobs because they're right. going to get sniped. They're going to get picked up by someone. I mean, it's all you need is a phone call 
you know, one phone call or two phone calls, if you're a good landman, will get you working. And we can't afford to lose anybody. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm trying to hire some people. So don't let your landman slip. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll be going after them. And, and that's the, the name of the game, right? It's, it's, a, it's a bit more of a challenge now than maybe what we've all experienced and kind of some of the previous uptakes and activity where you had big projects, big crews, you know, you could keep those people working. Well, we've got a little bit of a mix where we've got established oil projects, you know, all over the Gulf Coast, Texas, Oklahoma, where those crews are going, but they're much smaller, right? You've got a handful of people working for every client. And then at the same time, we've got some of the, the natural gas plays that are requiring larger crews, you know, you're acquiring acreage, you're doing all those things. So you're like balancing, you know, trying to fill big crews, but also trying to keep up with the existing work and, and everything that's going on there. So it's a, a lot of coordination, a lot of collaboration amongst the managers and amongst even the offices, um, you know, within the company to keep our core people working and then identifying talent. You know, there's a lot of people coming back into the business that we're seeing, um, you know, folks that, that got out in 2020 because they had to feed their family. You know, and who can you blame for that? But there's some good folks coming back. There's some other people, you know, that are just good role players. They've got a very good skill set. You know, maybe they're good at certain things. They're starting to come back, getting out of the insurance and title and title industry business side of things. So um, we're looking to get those folks and we're being very aggressive on our staffing and, and I'm sure everybody else is, our, our competition is as well. We're, we're starting to see it on that front. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, to Brent's point, <clears throat> we lost people in 15 that we're still trying to get back. Oh. I mean, it's, uh, I have a couple of good friends who unfortunately with everything that happened back then, um, wrong time, wrong place, but still see them every once in a while. I'm like, hey, when you when you come back to Dudley? Like when when can we make this happen? Because good people are really hard to find right now. They're real really hard to find. They're not really hard to keep, I don't think, but they're very hard to find um coming off other projects. I mean it's it's all time and <clears throat> yeah and I think it's a process too. I think you you know, you get a project, if it's a bigger project, it's okay to staff it with three or four or five people and then work your way into that 10, 15, 20, whatever it is. Um, I think that's, I think that's reality right now, what you got to do. Uh, there were days when we could, and we probably, we could still, don't get me wrong. If you needed a staff of 50 in a week or two, we could make that happen. Uh, we just don't have that need right now. Um, so point is, you know, you just, you staff it what you can and you make sure you find the right people. You know, we're not, we're not throwing bodies at anything. Uh, that's just not our style. Uh, we, we really try to identify the right people, call references or work with them before our database helps out with that because we've worked with a lot of landmen in the past and we kind of know how they work and what they do. And, uh, we, we put our research in before we bring somebody on. So I think that's, I think that's key and there's more than one way to skin a cat. <laughs> you know, you, we can make it happen. It's just, uh, it takes a little bit more work these days than it did, you know, 10 years ago. And then kind of to add to that, you know, we've been very fortunate to keep a good core group of people working for a long time. Many people, 10, 12, 15 years, you know, have been contracting with us and, mm -hmm. 
the great kind of cool thing about these cycles is that you get to give people leadership opportunities. Folks that know your culture, know about Dudley, know how you operate, know your, your systems and your databases and what's acceptable and what's not and what the standard is. Well, you can put those people in, our, in, in leadership roles. And so that's a big thing we talk about every week also is, is you know, who's the next person? Who's somebody who's got potential that we can give and delegate some responsibility to and, and give them an opportunity to shine and, and replicate this, this, the product and the standards that, that we try to put out. So that's the exciting thing. I mean, the, the, all of us here got our opportunities on increases in activity. You know, industry pickup, we got an opportunity because, you know, Dudley recognized what we could do and, and gave us opportunities. So that's kind of exciting. We're, we're real excited about that. We're real excited about, you know, starting to bring some new people into the business. We're, we're talking about training again. We're talking about landman school. These are all things that we're preparing for because we can go with staffing existing landmen, you know, for a few more months. But if things continue to pick up, we got to start having a real conversation about, okay, how do we feed our business? How do we feed field landmen? How do we bring new people in? And uh, those are all things you better be thinking about if, if you want to be able to scale and, and provide service in increased activity times. Yeah. I think it's important. I mean, then, you know, at, at least up here in Oklahoma, at TU and OU and all these school, Texas Tech and uh, Louisiana, Lafayette, you know, you had great, you know, petroleum management uh students and there were a lot of them with the downturn what you've seen is those departments and the students that are in those departments have drastically decreased and that hurts because that new crop of landmen that are coming in and used to we did our training class and test and we trained them we field trained them with a seasoned vet and now there's there's less of a pool but i think what you'll see with this increased activity these universities are going to be able to sell that program to more kids. And you just hope that the industry stays up so that we can now take those PM degree students, they're in that program and train them the right way uh, and get them into the industry, get them into the field, whether they go on and be in-house landmen or not. I think that field training and what we've done in the past and what we talk about a lot now, uh, truly puts them on a path to success. And hopefully that the industry can keep up with that. Hopefully the universities are able to keep up with that as well. Well, you know, the other thing with our clients, we went through a cycle the same way of <clears throat> we need people train, get, get these people in and, and figure out a way to train them. Um, then that went away to all the local. You need to be local. You can't have the ridiculous hotel costs, blah, blah, blah. And now they're coming around and saying, okay, I get it. We, we need people just as much as you do, and we need good people. So you're, you're seeing the client side come back around onto you know, the same level that we are of how do we get good people in here. Yeah, that's the biggest thing as a service organization. You have to have client support. You know, if you're going to if you're going to invest, it's an investment in someone and it's investment in training and, and bringing that person up to speed where they can truly stand along, you know, as an independent contractor. And if you don't have client support, it's it's hard. 
you know, it's difficult. So to Steve's point, we are starting to see that come around and it's, it's understood. And, um, you know, for those companies who really invest in that on the service side, you know, you reap the benefits. Um, so it's a lot of work. <laughs> it's a whole bunch of work, but yeah. we're ready. To but I, on. And I think a lot of things expect to see in the next year, if things continue, we'll be right back in the training lane then again, which is exciting. And I think a lot of these folks that we're dealing with as clients now, they understand that a good workforce is hard to come by. I mean, the, the days of infinite number of landmen being available is just not there anymore. So the more that they can feel comfortable and with, with the work that's going on, I mean, it, it, it just makes everyone's life a lot easier. And Khalil, I got I got to correct myself. I show I showed my age a little bit. I called it petroleum land management class or degree. It's actually called energy management now. <laughs> so, I gotta, let me correct myself and not tell you how old I am. <laughs> Speaking about old, I mean this is this is uh, the TSD vintage. That, that tells you how that's old. That's a throwback cup there. TSD, you've been around, you've been around a bit. Yeah. That might be that, 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 that logo is, worth something. That logo is 15 years old. I think that's worth something. I think it is. I sell them on Etsy all the time. I'm making. <laughs> I didn't know you had a side hustle, Brent. I'm a land man. I got all kinds of side hustles. <laughs> I, may not, I may not have a job next week, Khalil. that's reality right there well in that same vein of the change from petroleum management to energy management uh there's a couple hires uh on the non-independent contractor side that dudley's looking to make and it's the renewables side uh you want to give a minute for that brent (laughs) yeah oh man (laughs) i just i want somebody to just be ambitious you know somebody to go get it no i mean in all reality um, oil and gas is, is what we built our company on. It's what we're going to be. I mean, we're landmen. We work in the energy business, right? Um, and, you know, our predecessors didn't have the renewables business, right. you know, to, to serve. And we're fortunate enough. That's, that's our thing. That's going to be the thing of our careers that we all talk about as, as service providers. Like, you know, what industries did we work in? Well, we're an oil and gas service provider, but... The, the renewable space needs landmen and they need land people and they need expertise and experience. And we're learning more and more about that. And so is that side of the business. I mean, we've, we've all, you know, as landmen spent a lot of time, if you're working in that space, educating, you know, educating our client base on this is what we can do. This is what you need us for. This is what you need maybe a title company for. And so with that is, you know, provide a lot of opportunity. Um, you know, all of our managers are, hooked up they're busy and you know we want to hire some we're at the point we're ready to bring in some people and and to to really run with that renewables business you know uh, we're working in four or five different sectors of that space and um you know it really needs some attention we're excited about it it's an opportunity for us to bring someone in new Uh, but we have a very specific eye for what we want and so therefore you know there's just a handful of people who really meet that um and so real big push on our end to, to, to grow our team, bring in some new leadership, bring in some people that can really embrace that and run with it because the opportunities there. Um, and, um, you know, it's an exciting time for us, but a lot of work goes into that. A lot of work to find someone who really wants to go and grow something. And we'll find that person. They're there, certainly. 
Um, but that's that's the season we're in here at Dudley. Is it's uh, trying to hire some people that are with us and, and really run with our model and kind of continue the Dudley legacy in, in that space. Yeah, and it's it's definitely a growing space. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Inflation Reduction Act passed, seemed to be about everything except for inflation reduction in some people's opinions. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But definitely some some interesting things on the renewable side and specifically with carbon capture. Uh, I'll read off some stats here. Incentives for industrial and power generation facilities increased from $50 uh, per ton of storage to $85 per ton of storage. And then for... um, for utilization, $35 to $60 per ton. And then for the capture facilities, fifty increase from $50 per ton for storage to $180 per storage, which is more than triple. Then incentives increase from $50 to $130 for utilization. So still a big jump there. You can also get direct cash credits. There's, there's all sorts of things going on with this, but what does that mean for the land space with renewables? It means that people. I mean, it's it's economic. We can all talk about this. It's all it's all land. There's so much investment. It's kind of a big deal. Yeah, there's there's a lot of land work involved with it. I mean, when you talk about the carbon space, you're not just talking about a 700 acre solar farm. You're talking about tens of thousands of acres, hundreds of landowners, pipelines. It's it's all land related activity, which is really exciting for us. And it's not in, in uh, specifically in one location. I mean, you're looking at it from the Midwest to the out in the West to Texas. Um, it, it's exciting to see all that new activity. And as we've talked before, that carbon space seems to be the most uh, equitable deal towards our traditional oil and gas land work. So it's opening up new basins, not new basins, but new areas for us, um, a place that we can expand to. Uh, I think there's only going to be growth with it. And, and yes, you're right. The, it, they should have called it something else, <clears throat> like the um, Non-Inflation Reduction Act. But um, at the same time, I think there's a lot of folks out there with, with a lot of capital behind them who are going to be expanding. So it's it's a exciting time for us to get into that or to be involved in that. Well, we're yeah. uh, I was gonna say it just expanded the credits, right? The carbon credits too. I mean, that's <clears throat> as soon as that thing was passed, I think I I mean it was no less than ten phone calls on new projects from wind companies, solar companies. I think Brent and Steve got carbon capture uh companies are wanting to do carbon capture and um it's pretty exciting because i'll say this half of them went oh like for solar you need to do a lot of mineral work as well so a lot of mineral title um they said oh you do mineral title too you know so they don't really that industry doesn't know what what resources are out there for them uh, so it's exciting to talk to them about those things and tell them our process and that we've done it before. <laughs> you know, they're they're also astonished that we've done it. You know, uh, we've been doing it long enough to where we've got a pretty good handle on what needs to be done and what they're looking for. And in some cases, a better idea than what they have. So 
Um, that part of it is exciting for me just from the teaching experience of what, what little I know about it in the few, you know, short years that we've kind of been in this space, you know, um, it's pretty cool. Um, and there's a lot of opportunities out there for not only a land company like us, but for these developers. You know, what, what's fun for me is I reached out to a guy, um, I won't say what company or whatever last week. And we got on the phone and he ends up, we were on the phone for about 45 minutes and he owns a camp literally a mile away from our family's camp up in Clarion PA. And it's been a while since I've actually had new conversations with people in the oil and gas space. You know, you, you almost start to know everybody. Uh, so it's, it's been fun for me reaching out and actually meeting new people and seeing what they're doing. And, you know, it, it opens up a whole new space as I get older in my life to, you know, advance, not just Dudley, but your personal relationships and, and really missing those old BD days of getting to know people really well. And Steve is getting in a new conversation. Steve is getting older in his life. The last seven years, he's he's aged maybe fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> it's the daughters, man. There's three daughters. They'll really, they'll really uh, get you. Uh, uh-huh. You're starting to age in dog years. Now, don't show me a hall, don't show me a Hallmark like any kind of Hallmark video. I might start crying. So it's <laughs> easy. <laughs> Don't so, don't watch ET again. Oh, <laughs> it'll get you. No, that, that's the fun part. I mean, it's it's um, we're landmen take for granted how much they really know and and where their skills can be applied, and it's just exciting for opportunities to to showcase what a landman can do and to, to have value in what what our people do and and. Um, and to help people, you know, hey, there's a better way of doing this. There's an efficient way of doing this. Let me let me share with you what we're doing. Hire us or not, let's talk about, you know, what's needed and what goes into this. And and whether someone hires you or not, you're able to help them, you know, educate them, help them have a better understanding of what they need to do, what's available to them, you know, what the steps are and what the process is. And and that's that's the cool thing about being a landman. You know, it's it's telling people what you do. It's a we think you know, it's a small circle. To Steve's point in the land business, if you're around long enough, you recognize somebody. You recognize just about everybody you see. Um, but to be out into a different space is, is really cool. It's really fun. Yeah. Well, and, and with the new space and the growth into it, uh, means new conferences. And Brandon, you're uh, you're going to uncharted territory. They, I mean, you may not survive out there, but you're headed to uh, Anaheim for the re plus conference how do you feel about that man yay california <laughs> i'm about to spin his jeans and cut off his socks hey i'm coming i'm coming anaheim yeah you can rent a tesla ready. out there oh hey man those teslas fly oh they're awesome <laughs> they're like rocket ships, yeah. man. Yeah. Hey, man i'm all about it they need they need all kinds of energy to make to fuel them so i'm all about it yeah um yeah, headed out to RE Plus. Um, seems to be oh, it's it's extremely well attended. Um, I think what do we count? Seven hundred and fifty exhibitors, and I think there's going to probably be 
What was it, Steve? I know we were doing the numbers last week. It was like 5,000 people, 7,000 people. I think it's more than that. that. It, it, I mean, from the floor plan, it looks like the biggest conference that, that we've ever been to. I mean, it's wow. yeah, it's massive. It's it's massive. And if you're if you're in the the green energy space, it's probably it's the place to be. It looks like uh, so. I'm really excited about that. Taking our utility a right away manager with us with me. Uh, we're going to spend three days out there and try to meet as many people as possible and uh, make some connections. So and have some fun doing it. So. Uh, but it really does seem like a like a growing um, event, you know. I think you're going to see a lot more of these events being extremely well attended. Yeah. Lots of networking opportunities. Um, so I'm excited about it. That'll be real neat. And also, you know, you learn a lot. They've got a, uh, I mean, it's class after cl- or seminar after seminar, speakers after speakers. I mean, they've got a great lineup. Uh, so you're going to learn a lot as well. I think it's going to be really cool. I'm excited. Yeah, I think at Brandon's point earlier, I mean, a lot of these groups don't know that companies like us exist, you know. <clears throat> so to be able to get our name out there and show them what we can do and, hey, here's what we can save you some money or here's how we can be more efficient. I mean, I, it's it's going to be part of the growing, uh, I don't want to say pains, but it's, it is what it is, right? I mean, you, you, have to, you have to get out in front of folks to, let them know what you do. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to talk about it when I get back, Khalil. It'll be podcast number two. There we go. Yeah. A little recap. Or three or wherever. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, along those same lines, we wanted to dedicate some time to the right of way work that's kind of going on and, and things that Dudley's got activity in, um, specifically with pipelines and then some of the renewables utility stuff. Um, let's talk about some of that midstream, those midstream areas, Brent. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, with natural gas prices being what they are, um, that opens up a lot of fringe acreage, you know, the fringe of the Permian, the fringe of the Haynesville, you know, all that becomes very much viable. Um, and and the, just the markets there, you know, that more and more LNG facilities coming in the Gulf Coast, it, um, it, it supports more investment in the midstream space. And, and just over the last month, I mean, we've We've seen more activity from at least proposals together. People asking us, you know, hey, can you help us go through this cost exercise? You know, what? There's a lot more conversation in the space than we've seen in God the last three or four years, to be honest. So that's exciting. You know, the, the right of way space, something we've always done. Um, it's been on a smaller scale. You know, a lot of gathering work, a lot of things that just really spun off of our upstream clients. But you know, we feel like we're poised to. to capitalize on some of the bigger jobs and some of the bigger opportunities. It's a big, important part of our diversification as a company. So uh, really excited for some of those opportunities. We think we've got some clients that, that, that want to work with us. And the, that side of the business is, is hungry for, you know, some companies that can come in with some scale and, and compete. And uh, we're excited for it. We'll jump right in. We think we can, we can compete with the best of them in that space. And um, we're excited for the opportunities we feel like we're going to have here this year. Encouraged by the amount of interest in in the pipeline space that we're starting to see. So, looking forward to that. Yeah, pipelines and utilities. You know, the right of way space is a is a is another space that expands beyond oil and gas, right? 
Um, essentially the same things you do for a big oil and gas pipeline you're doing for a big, uh, utility right away. Um, you know, so it really, for a land company that's been doing this for as long as we have, it really transitions well into the renewables. And that's something that we, um, have done and we want to do a lot more of it. And there's a lot out there that, and they need help. Like Brent was saying, I mean, these companies are doing a lot of work and they need more resources. And we'd like to be one of those for them for sure. It's, it's kind of going to the education side of things, you know, to, mm-hmm. to Brandon's point with renewables companies that they, they know they need, uh, some land agents to go negotiate agreements or do vesting ownership reports. And then they know they need some land people to help with their title policies to build abstracts. And then they they feel like they need some people to help build a transmission line to connect all their wind farms. Well, the big thing for us is like, yeah, we do all of that. <laughs> we are, we can be your company. And, and so um, it's, it's really, you know, putting that all together folks in the oil and gas space know doubling land and know what we do. And so it's, it's an understood thing. Uh, the renewal space, we're, we're having to teach them that. And, and it's a great opportunity for us, for them to establish a relationship with a, a group that they like and trust that can be with them from, you know, the, the most high level 30,000 foot view scouting efforts down to, you know, connecting their, their wind farm or their solar project in the transmission. Um, so, Exciting for us. It's, it's something that, that we want to make sure we're part of. Yeah. yeah. A lot of growth in those areas <clears throat> moving forward. And uh, I, I wanted to get you guys' opinions. And this is kind of a curveball, but we'll see how you guys handle it after a couple cocktails. Uh, predictions, out of the park. <laughs> predictions for uh, 2023, you know, as we're kind of wrapping up Q3 this, this month, what are we looking forward to next year? We've talked about some of these things already with, you know, Need to get more resources and, and getting more people staffed in, on jobs out there, um, more work in the renewable space, um, a lot of right away work. What else are we seeing? I see a lot of interest in how this winter goes with Europe and um, just with the energy supply. They shut down that last pipeline in Russia. So I, I'm going to be real interested to see how high energy prices go. Yeah. And, and see, you know, how much are the majority willing to come back to fossil fuels to bridge us through this renewable green energy growth? I mean, I, I think that you need you need some folks actually still pitching the fossil fuels. I mean, it, there, there's there is no other bridge. So I, I think the winter holds a lot in store for how high prices are going to go, <clears throat> what we're going to see from, you know, our output in America versus OPEC and the rest of the world. So it, it, it's going to be an interesting next six months. Well, and let's face it, there's nothing cleaner than natural gas. Nothing. Right. So, and, and I, and I feel like our political leaders and, political leaders around the world are starting to come to that conclusion. There is nothing cleaner than natural gas and it's proven over and over. I think I've always said that the marketing dollars that were spent on green energy, which is great. We need it all right. I mean, we need every bit of it, every resource we can get to create energy. We need 
including nuclear. Uh, that's what I believe, at least. And everything in moderation. So, but if the marketing dollars, I'll bring up Aubrey McClendon, did a great job at this. Uh, he was always marketing and selling natural gas. Why? Because he believed that it is our future. And I still believe that. So if those same marketing dollars were spent on showing natural gas as the cleanest energy there is, which it is, the same marketing dollars were spent for that as there are on this green initiative, our world would be in a better place because we would have a better ratio of natural gas and green energy going on in the United States at least, we wouldn't be spending near as much money. That timeline to get the green energy projects up would be extended and you wouldn't have to do this, you know, inflation reduction stuff as aggressively. You could still do it. You just don't have to do it aggressively. I'm sorry. I'm taking a political stance on our no, show. But good. It, it really, it really is. Gas is, should be just as much as our future as windmills or solar or any of anything else. It really should be. And I think we'll get there. Yeah, it speaks to balance. I mean, I think the rational person looks looks at all of this, the, the energy business, and says, you know, it's not a one or the other. It's balance, mm -hmm. right? It's, um, you know, you need, you need natural gas to generate electricity at nighttime. You can utilize the sun and solar and wind projects during the day. Um, you know, morning and evening times are big for wind, right? You can get that generation during those periods of time but with a balance of you know natural gas and wind and solar and, and all these things um that that's that's the reality and that's what a rational person i think most rational people in america think unless they have an agenda right um and the fact is there's a place for a landman in all of us and um that's what we want to be and that's what we want to do yeah yeah brent i saw you take a, a another poor there of the McAllen 12, whenever I asked about predictions, what predictions do you have for the, for the upcoming year? Well, hopefully I'm drinking out of celebration and not to drown my sorrows. <laughs> uh, but as, as a landman, I mean, we all know to expect the unexpected. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I feel next year's from a, from a landman's perspective should be pretty good. Um, mm. We're not, the, the encouraging thing is we're not seeing this berserk bonkers growth right we're not yeah. seeing private equity throwing you know billions of dollars at the oil and gas space um we're seeing dollars in the renewable space but that's not it's not anything crazy right so good steady growth discipline activity by our clients that's all encouraging right um th there's there's a steady amount of work we're not adding hundreds of landmen a month we're adding 10. you know we're adding 15 month over month which is good um, so, you know, I, I think next year is going to be more of the same. I'm encouraged by it. We've had a couple down years. We deserve a couple good years. Um, a, a couple of the right jobs come in for Dudley land. It's a big deal. You know, it's, it's a big game changer for us. So, um, I'm encouraged about it. I think, um, we're entering kind of a, a new season. I, our space is so cyclical, right? Uh, now we're the season of, you know, growth and maybe bringing in new people into the business. And I hope 
you know, when we have this, you know, episode 22, the end of next year, that we're talking about how excited we are about, you know, the, the 20 or 30 new landmen that we brought into Dudley Land and some of the exciting things we're seeing out of some of the young people that, that have joined our company. And, and uh, that's, that's what I'm looking at 2023. 2023 is going to be the year that we hire a new Steve, a new Brandon, and a new Brent at Dudley Land Company. <laughs> there we go. Come there on. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I, I like the, the, the curve that we're on, you know, it's a, it's a steady, consistent curve as opposed to the sharp peaks. Right. Um, I hope that that curve keeps consistent and steady. Uh, I think that's what this industry needs. Um, you need some steadiness. You need some consistency. Of course, it's never going to be consistent, though. I mean, it's it's the energy business. You know, there's going to be ups and downs. But ultimately, when you're looking at that chart, you hope to see something steadily increasing and consistently increasing. And I, I agree with Brent 100 percent. I think 2023, is, you're going to see more of that. Um, the plus side, as we've talked about previously, is you're hoping you get that new blood in the new smart educated group of land professionals that uh, could be the next Brent, Steve and Brandon, however odd that sounds coming out of my mouth. We're old. Um, I'm 40. I'm a man. Yeah, I'm a grown man. I mean, we're, we're generation three. <laughs> we, want, we want generation four to come up and step up and do what they need to do. Right. So all joking aside, really, we want generation four to step up. You know, we want that next young guy that's with us now. And 20 years from now, they're still with us and or 15 or whatever it is. And they can take over the reins of what we all believe is a great company with great morals and ethics and continue that legacy. I think, though, that what you're going to see is with these large oil and gas companies, they've been burned how many times in the past seven, eight years? I think there's now a much bigger push to provide, especially for the um, traded companies, provide for their stockholders. Um, they're not going to make these ridiculous pushes as they have in the past. Um, I see it as much more of a steady growth instead of a really quick growth. So. I'm really hoping that you know, five, 10 years down the road, we have a oil and gas sector that is very steady and not so volatile. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that's what happens. And as you push in the renewable companies with that, you know, a lot of them being funded by oil and gas companies, that you're, you're going to see a steady energy output. And it's not going to be as crazy as we've seen it in the past decade. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to go back and listen to this episode, see where we're at, but always good to get you guys feedback. And I think we can end this episode with how we started it. I have no idea what NFL teams you support, except for Steve. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, baby. Mitch Trubisky. Let's go. Yeah. Games this weekend. That's going to be, that's going to be hilarious. I can't wait to watch him start and talk to you about that, Steve. Yeah, I'm really excited about our next week's meeting. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all know me. I'm about them Hoodats. About them Saints. Them Saints. 
I figured that was which the case. is fitting. You know, I need to. I'm, I've lived a tortured existence my entire life being a Saints fan, so the oil and gas is perfect for me. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so who do you have? You have Jameis Winston, is that right? Famous Jameis. Famous Jameis. <laughs> he's got some of the funniest quotes, man. Whew. Man, I mean, he's he's a man after my own soul because I'm I'm pretty goofy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm not. I'm not the quarterback for the Saints. <laughs> I'm just a land man. Yeah. The, yeah, he's the man that made Jimbo Fisher famous, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> he's Jimbo's known as the quarterback guru now, and the only quarterback he's ever had is Jameis Winston. Uh, <laughs> All right. So if we're gonna go back on these episodes later, here's my prediction: okay. Mitch Trubisky gets hurt second game. Kenny Pickett comes in. New Ben Roethlisberger takes him to the playoffs, then only wins one Super Bowl. It's going to be great. <clears throat> okay, Kenny Pickett, you're go, you're going hard with him. I'm going hard. Love Kenny that he Pickett. stayed in the in pit. I mean, he's a pit guy, so I'm a Penn State guy, so I, I, I'm, I'm 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 trusting him. Wow, that means a lot. Well, you Brent, should. Who, Brent, who's your team? I have no NFL team. No I NFL team. Yeah, there's no there's no yeah, NFL no. teams in I'm, Arkansas. No, Arkansas. Uh, if you're if you're from Arkansas, you're usually either a Chiefs fan or a, or a Chicago fan or Cowboys. Cowboys is probably yeah. The Jerry most Jones is from Arkansas, right? Jerry Jones is from Arkansas. Married a lady in Arkansas. Yeah, he's. Uh, did you see? Did you see his oil? His oil holdings are now worth more than the Cowboys. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, a little company called Comstock. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Little Jerry's company. Good. Yeah. Yeah, Jerry's doing well, man. Comstock right. is, is all get out, man. They're so active. Uh, matter of fact, you can't see my whiteboard, but they are on my will you be my friend list. Uh, shout out to Comstock. Dudley man. Pretty awesome. Really great. And we love you. Yeah. And we love yeah. you. No, you don't know who we are. Maybe one day. One day. Hey, what is it? Is the University of Texas has like massive holdings? Or something like that. They were donated land that who knows yeah, well, about that? like UT land system. So like <clears throat> out in the permit what is now known as the Permian Basin around the world, they own a tremendous amount of fee uh, land uh, and minerals. Or they own the mineral interests that sold off the surface. Um, so yeah, they make a ton of money, which is how Texas and A and M are able to pay all these college players now, and they're gonna be in the top five every year because you know, they're making Jerry Jones money. Yeah, from all that permeate stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, that's how that works. It's really that's a cool, cool thing. It's great for the state. It's really more goes it a ton of money from the Permian Basin goes to the Texas uh, education system, which is a oh, big okay. deal. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, University of Texas and Texas A and M are great universities. And they 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 receive a lot from the oil and gas business. Yeah, yeah. yeah. pretty cool deal actually. You've been converted from Louisiana, Brent. You're you're all no. in Texas now. No, I'm not. My, my poor daughter, God bless her heart. So we're in Texas, right? And, and today it was like maroon and white day at her school. And she was heartbroken this morning. She said, Dad, I don't own anything maroon. I was like, you that's right. Put on that purple dress, girl, and get to school. Peace out. Oh, that's so good. Oh, man. Well, 
This has been fun, guys. Glad that we we were able to introduce cocktails to the Dudley Roundtable. Uh, now we've got officially cocktail Cheers. hour at Dudley. So, yeah. Um, we'll see you guys on the next one. Thanks for being a part. And, uh, yeah, cheers. Cheers. Go Tigers. <laughs> Go home. Thanks for listening to The Land Department. Check out our website in the show notes or visit dudley-land.com to learn more about us.